For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Believe in Giants podcast with Giants legend Carl Banks and broadcaster Bob Papa. Welcome to another edition of Believe in Giants. Bob Papa with two-time Super Bowl champion Carl Banks. And as you like to say from 1990, we're back. They're back. <laughs> right. Well, speaking of they're back, the Giants are back at work, had their first practice today. They're also going with their retro uniforms this season for two games. And Carl, you had a heavy hand in that. Let's 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 get into that part of it real quick. Man, well, welcome back, Bob. Yeah, the um the legacy uniforms, when they announced that they were gonna go back, and I think most people in the New York Giants um ecosystem as a fan or a casual observer knew that the Giants weren't going to do anything radical, you know, and they went with, they went with something uh, in terms of their legacy that is a very proud part of the legacy of this organization that kind of established um, in modern day, what Giants football was about. And that's the, the blue Jersey, the uh, word Mark helmet. And so when they told me they were doing it, Pete Gwelly, um, Don Sperling, our boss, and Nile Shaw said, you know, Starter was very much a part of this era. Um, do you have any of those pieces or can you remake any of the pieces? So I, you know, I have a vault. So I was able to find um, the two jackets, the t-shirt, the practice t-shirt, and we were able to remake the sweater. Uh, to the exact um, aesthetics that Bill Parcells wore. In the red jacket, we call it the Belichick jacket because he was synonymous for that jacket. Sure. Um, it was never really available during that period. It was always the Giants blue jacket and that red jacket was such a rarity. Um, we did a anniversary version of that some years back, but it had anniversary patches on it. So this is the actual original red jacket and so um came over they tricked me into doing a photo shoot they set me down in front of a a retro locker and a, a boom box and i somehow ended up with a game face for every picture but um that is you know if, if you had to release something that is the the the, the uniform in the era of giants football that you want fans uh, if you're a new fan, you want to adopt the attitude uh, and, the, and the emotion, uh, the emotional connection that fans of the 80s and 90s had for the Giants because um, 84, 83 was a bad year. 84, the team made the wild card. 
85, they were in a, in a uh, conference final. 86, they were in a Super Bowl. And it just continued. The playoff run just continued every year up until 90 when we went again. So I think um, those years had kind of a formative effect on, you know, how fans see Giants football. And then you get, you know, part of the Tiki Barber in the Strahan era, and that includes the Jesse Armstead, just really great football being played. So it started uh, in the 80s. I would say about 80, 84 was the turning point because 83 was a bad year. Just so and happened it, that was the year you were drafted. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it goes through um, Tiki and, and, and Michael and Jesse and that crew and Seahorn, uh, Shockey. But that's when fans really felt Giants football. And I think what what they have to get back to, and, and I said this, I was having a conversation with Art Stapleton yesterday. And I said, you know, after Halloween, Giants fans cannot turn MetLife Stadium into an Airbnb for rival fans. Uh, and that's exactly what it's become. Like Giants Stadium or MetLife Stadium is a house. I don't think it's become a home to Giants fans. And the Giants football on the field has to make that house a home. And they play in it. Uh, the fans show up until they get disinterested. And then it's Airbnb for uh, opposing team fans. And they've got to make this a place. They've got a, the giant on-field play has to give that fan base. If, you, if you're a current fan and you go back and you look at some of the pictures or you look at some of the clips, can you imagine yourself being that loud, that crazy, fanatical for your team? That's the only thing I knew as a giant football player. And it was not devoid of fans with emotion, uh, fans with, you know, their, their share of disappointments, but there was a level of expectation because the play on the field set that expectation. And the fans say, we want nothing less than this. Right now, four win seasons, there's no expectation other than disaster. And that has to change in order for MetLife Stadium to become a home. It's the house of the Giants right now. It's not the home, you know, so. Yeah, and listen, it's generational, right? The, the kid, the seven or eight-year-old kid that grew up in that era that fell in love with your mm -hmm. Giants teams, you know, it's many years past now since then, and now they're adults, so they identify with that, just like when I was a kid, <clears throat> And my dad identified with the current uniform, which was synonymous with the 50s mm -hmm. and into the early 60s. And then obviously the 70s with all the losing, then they changed. And then obviously, you know, in 2000 and moving forward, 
they had tremendous success in those uniforms until in and around 2012 and 13. And mm-hmm. the rest, as they say, is history. So let's let's get to the current team. Spirited first practice today. A um, lot of energy. Coach Dable bouncing around. Saw a bunch of good things out there uh, from both sides of the ball. Um, your thoughts on sort of this new regime getting underway and, and your memories of what like day one of camp is like. Well, I'm, I'm super hopeful for uh, this new regime in giants football. And the reason I am Bob is, is because this is not a home renovation because they've been, they've been in renovation for the last three regimes. This is a complete teardown and rebuild, which, you know, the, the renovations just weakened the foundation of this team every, you know, every step of the way until um, Mr. Mara and Mr. Tish looked at this and said, you know what, no more. Let's just, let's rip it down to the ground and let him put it together brick by brick. And Joe Shane uh, has gotten off to a good start uh, in terms of starting to put some pieces together. Um, the optimism and the nervousness that comes with your first training camp with a new coach, right, um, is one thing. And then if you're a new player, like a uh, Kayvon Thibodeau or a Wandell Robinson in this entire draft class, right, I can identify with this draft class, because it was, it was me. It was Gary reasons. Um, it was William Roberts. And we were part of the ushering in of the new era of giants football. This class could be that class. And when you have uh, talented players, the expectation is to be part of ushering in this new era of Giants football. And then you look at where Daniel Jones sits in the minds of the football um, collective, if you will, outside of the Giants organization, he's no different than what Phil Sims was. You know, nobody thought Phil Sims was worth the crap. Um, always because he injured. Was always injured. Uh, no one really understood what a what a burning desire Phil Sims had to compete and to be good. And he felt confident in himself. And so they're positioned to start this process. Um, but there are still more questions than answers when you've got to build from the, you know, you just, there was an empty hole in Joe Shane started to put some blocks, some cinder blocks in. And, you know, Brian Dable has got to work with it and continue to build from it. But there are some realities too. Um, So let's not go way beyond expectations and hope that they can exceed our expectations. I think they're a better football team before the first snap of the regular season than they were last year as a four-win team. I think they'll be better than four wins. Um, but there, there are just 
some things we got to look at, some things we don't know. Young players will play a factor in this season. You're going to see rookies and you're going to see guys that are damn near rookies like a Kadarius Tony, right? If he can contribute. And I had like a Lionel Manuel and a Bobby Johnson in my class. I had an Elvis Patterson in my class, right? We were all unknowns. We all ended up starting, right? And we end up helping our team get to a wild card that year. So football has changed, but it, 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 it still stays the same in terms of players have to make contributions in order for their teams to be better. And the reason you draft players is to better your team, not to sit them on the shelf um, and age them. They've got to go out and they've got to impress upon the coaching staff that they want to play. And my hope is that these young players are not sitting back saying, well, they got a guy in front of me, I'm gonna wait my turn. Cause you just got to go kick the door in and say, I, I need to be out there. Um, but you got some unanswered questions, Bob. You got offensive line unanswered questions, right? Andrew Thomas is gonna be there. Um, he's my William Roberts, if you will. Um, he's gotta he's gotta answer you know a few more questions right um you've got Thibodeau but you don't have you don't have answers at the cornerback position you don't have answers at the guard position do you have an answer at the central position do you have an extra linebacker in there right so it's a lot of that um but when you look at what Wink Martindale wants to do everybody gets excited, right? But we saw what Wink Martindale couldn't do when he didn't have the players. Yeah, he didn't have the corners. Right. So getting cornerbacks ready to go is going to be important. So who's the other corner, right? Is it, is it um, um, uh, a Greedy Williams' brother, um, his um, Darius Williams, Rodarius, not Kadarius, Rodarius Williams. Is it him? He competed great as a rookie. Then he gets Aaron, hurt. Aaron Robinson. Aaron Robinson. Um, there's look. You're gonna need three more. You need three right now. Um, but like, the, I, I'll give you an example today in practice. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> One guy that I feel like. In each of the last two years, the giant defense has gotten worse when this guy has gotten hurt. Darnay Holmes had a pick today. Well, yeah, he's gonna be he's going to be a factor, right? But if you got to go five DBs, he's just one of two, right? Um, who are the other three guys that got to step up and establish themselves? So let's just say he's he's the third of the starters, if you will. Who are the other two corners? Right? I Who's think the number Julian two Love corner? is going to get a shot. I think Julian Love's going to be a safety. Well, they signed Andrew Adams, the former Giant and yeah. former Tampa Bay Buck. Uh, so we'll see what he does. I think. Well, I think that's a, a theater of the unknown for this team. I think that's which what is beautiful. Sorts it out. Yeah, and it, as long as they're they're all progressing, it gives Wink Martindale more options and. Um, 
what I like about what Wink can do, and I, I'm looking forward to spending a few minutes with him to kind of grasp the entire uh, concept, but I've you know seen about two seasons worth of his defenses here at home, just getting you know ready for this season, is that he loves to put the entire offense in the accountability action, meaning wide receiver can't look at the safety and say, okay, here's what we got. You got linemen that's got, you'll, you'll look at certain games and you got linemen pointing all over the place, quarterback, receivers, they're all, they're all accountable for something, right? And that's what I think he likes to do because if you get eight or 10 guys that have to make an adjustment and they're all talking to each other before pre-snap, somebody's bound to make a mistake because that means they don't all know. Normally it's two guys that can point it out and they communicate it across the board, but you see linemen in the action a lot more when his defenses are good because they just don't know what's coming or who's coming. So um, if Wink has the uh, personnel, I think he'll be exciting. If he doesn't, then it's just gonna continue to be a work in progress and there are gonna be some great moments and there are going to be some moments that they just don't hold up, but that's the reality. And that's why, you know, your pass rush is important. That's why um, your upfront Dexter Lawrence and, and Leo are going to be very, very crucial to what they can do to really mix up and, and, and kind of overpower uh, some of the offensive linemen. I want to go back to the offensive side of the ball for a second, but first fans bet online is the fastest, and easiest wager in all of your favorite sports content events with the first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports even golf golf is a big thing these days bet online continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live game betting props and features and futures head to bet online today use your mobile device Join today, make your first sports bet. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, 50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So back to the offensive side of the ball. You know, Mm -hmm. the big question mark, the O-line. You know, barring like serious injury, first of all, you got a center in there, John Feliciano, who – at least knows this offense, having been in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Walensky signing at the guard spot. Look, that that guy has been a proven starter in the league. And listen, Evan Neal is going to be the starting right tackle, barring catastrophe or injury. Right. They're already better now than they were last year. Mm-hmm. They're already better. If you believe no. in coaching and you believe in talent, now, sure, the left guard's an issue, depth is an issue, swing tackle, all that other stuff are all things that have to be decided. But, I mean, I think if you're a Giants fan coming into this season, even just watching practice today, you got to feel a lot more confident about at least the prospects of your O-line than you ever felt last year. You do. And, again, we're not talking about the team that's, this season away from winning it all. We're talking about a team that's this season away 
from improving and trying to win their division or to compete in their division for a playoff spot. I think they are putting that together, but all the things that you just mentioned, uh, even the good teams have to deal with something, right? Um, the Kansas City Chiefs loses their number one, the league, one of the league's top receivers, and his backup's not going to play this year, or the guy who was replacing him is not going to play this year. So there's always, there are always problems in, in areas you got to juggle. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, they're thin at receiver. They go out and sign Julio Jones and they're still thin at receiver. So this is a reality of everybody. Some teams are just better. They have better players at this stage. And that's why they sit at the top, you know, in the top 10 of this league. And they're kind of shoe-ins for, well, they're going to be in the playoffs. The next stage for them is how can they get to a Super Bowl? The Giants aren't there yet. The Giants um, have to get to a, in the conversation of, they are a legitimate contender in their division, or they're going to get, you know, they're going to get that extra wild, that extra wild card um, into the playoffs, something that they can build on. And I think if you get the young contributions that you should, um, they'll have an opportunity. Um, if you don't, then this is a different conversation later on. And 26 has got to stay healthy. <clears throat> now, I, I was just, look, it's, it's the first practice. It's the first go around. But, you know, the, I've been around sports, as you well know, all professional sports for a long time. There is a natural sort of chain of events when you're coming off catastrophic knee injuries. Mm -hmm. And not that Saquon Barkley didn't look good last year when he was practicing but at least to my uneducated eye as not being a former player or coach or trainer he just looked crisper to me today that's he confidence looked, yeah that's confidence because you could start to slowly see it come the ability was there but the confidence was lagging a little bit and right up until he hurt the ankle is when he was really starting to turn, he was starting to trust himself, put his foot in the ground and get vertical. Um, and then the ankle thing happened. So right now is the confidence that he was starting to get or a continuation of that prior to the ankle injury. So he, yes, he has to stay healthy. Um, last year's freak, that was just a freak accident, a freak injury that he got stepping on uh, someone's foot after a play was over with. But um, if he's healthy, I love schematics of this offense and the options that it has. Again, but we're also counting on young players uh, at the skill positions being able to step up in order for this, this offense to be dynamic. Now, there are some names on this offense that you say, okay, um, this wide receiver, that wide receiver, but the dynamic players are the Kadarius Tonys, um, Wondell Robinsons. And dare I say, Darius Slayton. Um, he had his issues last year, but he hadn't lost his speed. Uh, and I know him well enough to know that it bothered him. 
that he couldn't get out of the slump that he was in. Um, and I think, you know, he came two years ago, he came out of camp as the best receiver uh, in camp or one of the best. Uh, I suspect this year we're going to hear his name a lot coming out of camp uh, because it. I think I know it matters to him, but he's not an also ran, you know, people. And I just took someone to task on it. Um, uh, fan side it. Oh, you mean to talk about him trade them trading them? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, well, why would you trade trade the talent when you're trying to get your quarterback on track? Right. So yeah, why would I, you not trade the talent? Because he, he's either going to he's either going to be productive and bounce back and be a player that could be part of your future at not a huge number. Right. Or he's inexpensive on a team that's still only what five million under the cap or whatever. Right. He's a cheap alternative. Why would you, why would you, of course you would just ride it out. Yeah. And his upside is much greater than his downside. Um, I think and his upside is better than any asset you're going to get for him. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think the youth contribution to this offense, it's, it can make it very dynamic. Um, we don't, well, we haven't really seen anything from the tight end position on a consistent basis. I think part and parcel was the style of offense they were running. Um, and then the inconsistencies of a very talented Evan Ingram. Um, and then the misuse of Kyle Rudolph. So there are a lot of things. You got a new tight end in the system. You've got a lot of young talent. I'm excited to see uh, just the dynamics of what this offense can be. Yeah, I think it was good news today. I mean, Bellinger was taken off pop and was out there, you know, practicing. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a that's a positive of the Giants' fourth round draft pick at tight end. Um, anything else before we wrap up that you know piques your fancy? No, but this we'll, we'll be talking more that we're in camp and all the new exciting developments or lack thereof. Um, we'll go. But right now, let's just, you know, I, I think it's time for optimism, but let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. We're talking about a team that is not this season away from a Super Bowl. We're, we're nope. trying to get them, you know, trying to see if they're a team that can compete in this division and get to a wild card. And listen, I think I could speak to most Giants fans out there that, okay, yeah, they're not probably going to win a Super Bowl this year. They're probably not a double-digit win team or whatever. But you know what? I think any Giants fan, and probably privately some people in the organization outside of, you know, the coaches, they, you know, they're putting their heart and soul into all this, be competitive. You know, if you're going against a better team and you're going to play some teams that are up in weight class, hey, you may come up short and you may lose. You may give up 28 points or 30 points and lose, but score 23 or 24. Yep. Make it a battle. Make them earn it. Mm -hmm. Fight. Score some points. Make it exciting for the fans. Give your fans a feeling like you always got a shot because you could score some points with them. And then you reassess, okay, here's where we're short. 
here's where our roster needs to be improved in, in a second year of off season, but yep. give the fans fight, give the fans hope, be competitive during yeah, the course and, of the season and, and allow the fans to make your house a home, you know, let this give them the passion that they're so dying to display on a weekly basis. We got the passion. Uh, how do we like to end it, Carl? Tell a friend to tell a friend. That's right. We are back. Bob Papa, Carl Banks. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Believe in Giants. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.